0: Welcome back to Sanity, I'm Shane Gordon. Let's start by covering a few admin items. First, if you're watching the video, you can see I'm in a shed, just a plain boring shed. We've changed the location a bit and we're gonna try to go with a more just raw format, less scripting, more just off the cuff, and hopefully editing as little as possible because when you're a one-man show, Takes up a lot of time. Second, uh, I have been gone for a couple of weeks, and the reason for that is it was taking a lot out of me looking into all the topics to cover. And it's really to say, well, yeah, it's a lot of negativity, but it wasn't really the negativity that was getting to me. It was more, it was more the fact of seeing people that have a platform where they can reach tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of people just lying and me having no platform, not being able to do anything about it. And it's just, it gets tiresome and difficult to just watch people read headlines and just believe headlines. And I know I can be guilty of this too. And I'll touch on that in just a second. But one example is hearing people say, oh, Florida's banning books. Well, Florida's not banning books. Or Tennessee kicked out the representatives because they were black. That had nothing to do with it. Yet that's the narrative that's being spewed. And it's just, it took a lot out of me to be able to, or to try to keep doing this, knowing that my effort was really for nothing right now. So I needed to take a little bit of a mental break. And then I'm also trying to go off a couple of medications I'm on. And one of those is or was a stimulant. And when I went off it, I was just exhausted for days. But luckily, we're over that. And uh, now I have energy again. But we're going to try to get back into this in a little bit of a different format. But first, I want to address the fact that... We all can obviously read headlines and obviously be wrong at times. I hope that most adults want to find the truth and would rather be on the right side of topics or history or morals, ethics, values, whatever it is, than just dig in their heels and fight for something simply because that's the team that they chose. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do that. Um, I try not to be that type of person and something actually came up recently about abortion that I want to touch on. When I first, um, when I did an episode on abortion, I mentioned that I see the only reason that abortion should be illegal or excuse me, justified is if the mother is going to die without the abortion, but the baby is too young to survive. I think most reasonable pro-life advocates or anti-abortion advocates, except that there is a procedure that has just been con- called an abortion that literally, that is not aborting anything. If a baby is not alive, or is not in the womb, or has something else going on where literally it, it has, it's dead already, or is dying and has zero chance of survival. And that is also causing health complications for the woman, as I just mentioned. Most people who fight against abortion would consider that a medical procedure and not an abortion itself. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I was reminded that a member of my family would not have been born if it wasn't for the abortion procedure. I know that sounds weird. Let me explain. But basically, uh, a member of my family was originally going to be a twin. But the twin unfortunately didn't make it, but it kept growing as just a blob of cells that was stealing all the nutrients from this family member and without the ability to go in and remove the no longer living baby, they both would have died. I don't see that as an abortion. What was removed was not a baby, had no chance of being a baby. It did at one point, but it wasn't anymore. And I don't think that procedure would be argued against by many pro-life advocates. Now, are there some extremists out there? Well, yeah, obviously. But a lot of people would be completely okay with that. But it was just an example of me not fully thinking through all the different possibilities. And then the way I presented it was, well, I I wish my family member had died, I guess, because I didn't agree with that with an abortion in that instance, I still stand by exactly what I said, but I think it's important. And this is what I learned in this situation. We need to be more explicit with how we speak so that there isn't miscommunication. And so that we're on the same page, simply calling every procedure that removes tissue from A woman's body, an abortion, I think is really misleading and really disingenuous. You can say, sure, you're aborting the pregnancy, but I think most pro-life advocates would argue that the pregnancy was aborted when the baby stopped living and the baby stopped growing and the baby no longer could be a baby and that the subsequent procedure, medical procedure is simply the removal of, unfortunately, the dead baby to protect the mom. Anyway, moving on. So I mentioned that the just researching day in and day out, the details of a lot of these topics was very trying on me. And I don't think now is the best time to do that. So in the near term, or we are going to be trying a new format that it's something I really was wanting to do for a while. If you don't know, there's a subreddit called, am I the a-hole? I don't really like calling anyone an a-hole, but I think this subreddit actually brings up a lot of uh, cultural issues and really can highlight the insanity of our current culture and how far off track we've gone as a society. So I want to highlight some of those uh, entries into am I the a-hole, and then we'll discuss and talk about what sanity would look like and what the proper uh, proper response should be in those situations so that we could have a productive, healthy society. And along with that, I'm going to just pick a little thing here and there to talk about. For instance, today, it's just a tweet that I found uh, that I think is worth discussing. So... Let's dive right in. We'll start with a tweet and then we'll go on to the uh, Am I the A Hole subreddit and then we'll wrap it up for the day. But I'm looking at my camera. My battery's about to die and apparently I only have five minutes left on my SD card. So I'm going to pause. For you, it'll be instant, but I'll be right back. Okay, and we're back. And this is actually try two coming back because the first time my mic wasn't plugged in. So this is a great start to this new raw format and a great comeback to the podcast. But you know what is what it's all about. So let's talk about this tweet that I found last week. So eh, it doesn't matter who said it. This woman tweeted out just bought him food, slept with him, and then sent him home in an Uber. Let's see how men like it. So scrolling through the replies on Reddit, I would say it's obvious that a lot of these replies are from men, and that's not really surprising because I think there are more men than women on Reddit. Let's look that up real quick. Are there more men than women on Reddit? Yes, 64% of Reddit users are men. So a lot of these replies are from men saying things like, oh my gosh, like he must be devastated. He's probably telling all of his friends how perfect the night was. And yeah, this is true. One of the biggest lies of feminism and uh, sexual revolution, seeking sexual freedom is that somehow this is empowering to women. It's not. In fact, it, gives more power to the men. And let's, let's talk about this idea that marriage was created by the the patriarchy to uh, enslave women and take them and make them unable to work and achieve anything on their, their own and dependent on men. I think the fact that Our society views women who sleep around differently than men who sleep around is really just an acknowledgement that at a biological level, men desire to and should be reproducing with as many women as possible. Many mammals do this. Not not all some mammals and even other species that aren't mammals, other animals that aren't mammals uh, are monogamous. But many also a species of animal, the males, their job is to reproduce with as many females as possible. This helps ensure the species will survive. It helps ensure a diverse gene pool that will favor the strongest uh, offspring and help strengthen the species as a whole. And honestly, humans aren't really any different than that. A a man's drive is to win as many women as he can to make babies with them. But that would obviously be terrible for society. And that is why pretty much every civilization since the beginning of time has encouraged men to settle down with a woman. Now, to be fair, there are plenty of examples of societies where multiple women are involved. And uh, heck, that's still happening today. But the ultimate goal was always for a man to settle. And then in Western civilization and modern history, we have prioritized a single man and a single woman coming together in marriage to procreate together And we've seen the strength of that family unit and the husband and wife unit. The Bible talks about uh, a man leaving his mother and father and joining his wife to become one flesh. And for most of civilized Western society, that's how we've lived. And that actually goes counter to a man's biology. That actually asks the men to resist their natural urges to procreate with as many women as possible. And actually is more in line with a woman's biology who desires to raise the next generation. Now, I'm being careful, and I don't know why. It, I don't think it's belittling to women to ha- have them in the home, raising children and caring for a home. That requires so much strength and perseverance and dedication and sacrifice. Like, a woman who chooses to stay at home is not weak. And I think a lot of women are finding out too late today that what they really want is kids in a family and to settle down. But society is telling them to get a job and to push hard. But anyway, back to this tweet. So this woman thinks that she is owning. I don't know if this is satire or not. It doesn't come across as it. But that she is sticking it to this man by buying him food. That's a real bummer. Sleeping with him. And then letting him go away with no commitment whatsoever. There is no own there. This woman is... actively giving her power away to men. And we need to teach this to not only women of today, but girls of tomorrow. The power they hold only comes from withholding what men want. As soon as they, as soon as a woman gives a man everything he wants, he has all the power. She's lost it all. If you want a man to care for you and protect you and settle down and start a family with you, even if you yourself want to work. But if if you desire those things, don't give in to what he wants. Make him commit before you give him everything. We used to do this. Sure. Was there always promiscuity? Yes, but women used to say, no, you don't get that yet. And men were forced to decide, okay, do I want that? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll be a a reasonable human being and conform to the societal norms, which produce a strong, healthy society And I will be faithful to this one woman and give her everything that she needs. So no, uh, lady of Twitter that is not an own. and I'm feel really sorry for you. And if you do want to have power over a man, this tweet really should read, just bought him food, hugged him. Good night and sent him home in an Uber. Let's see how men like it. That would be an own. That is what you need to do, ladies. Don't give in. Men are dumb. Okay. Now let's move on to the Am I the A-Hole portion of this show. So these are sort of picked at random. um, And these were picked last week. Let's just read through these and uh, see what we have to discuss. So this user asks, Am I the a-hole for refusing to babysit for my sister despite brother-in-law having a family emergency? I, 37 male, and wife, 33 female, have no children. We live in a small two-bedroom house with a second bedroom converted into a game room slash office for us. My sister, 32 female, and brother-in-law, 35 male, have two kids. Uh, nephew eight male and niece nine female both are great kids love them and would do anything for them we babysat for my sis and brother-in-law before and had no issues until recently these are all really long by the way so just hang in there we'll, we'll get to it on april 7th good friday brother-in-law called or got a call that his sister 28 female was in a near fatal car accident along with a t- two of her friends. She had to be airlifted to the hospital. They weren't sure if she was going to make it, so family members were being called in to say goodbye and support the rest of the family. This happened across the state we live in. Sis texted me around 1040-ish that night asking if I was awake, then called to explain the situation. She then asked if I would babysit the kids over Easter weekend when they traveled across the state to be with brother-in-law's family. So, as we could already tell, based on the title, this person refused to babysit. And uh, there's literally been a an emergency where his brother-in-law's sister might die and they want to go visit. But let's continue. Maybe things turn around. Maybe they don't. I told her no. Okay, they don't turn around. But let's keep reading. I told her no, I couldn't. I work in a steel manufacturing plant, she knows this, on a rotary shift, and on after Easter, on Monday, I would be starting the overnight shifts. I told her that I was going to sleep during the day on Saturday and Sunday to get accustomed to being on third shift. When she asked if my wife would be willing, I again told her no, since she's going to be doing Easter stuff with her side of the family when she asked why i couldn't just sleep in on set sunday or why couldn't my wife take the kids with her to the easter stuff i snapped back at her that i gave um eh, the english is weird he uh, gave her three reasons why one i wanted the weekend to adjust my shift and sleeping schedules and couldn't do that in one day two my wife wanted to spend easter with her side of the family and finally that no is a complete sentence and that's final we She got pissed, basically hung up and ended up taking the kids, I guess. He's confused as to why they didn't call any other friends and yada, yada, yada. The rest doesn't really matter. So, you know, I'm not going to usually label anyone an a-hole because that is, that doesn't help anything. But let me summarize this. A man got a call from his sister because her sister-in-law, her husband's sister, was in a near fatal car crash to the point where she had to be airlifted to the hospital i don't know how many car crashes you've seen but the vast majority of them an ambulance is sufficient an airlift means this is obviously a very very critical situation and the man said no he couldn't because he needed to sleep in during the day and then uh his wife was doing stuff with her family. So let's just kind of, first of all, most of the replies are side against this man. And someone brings up a few, a few people bring up good points about working night shifts. And I want to start with that. First, I was in the Navy and I, I flew and it it's not really worth getting into the details, but there were plenty of times where we would land at, I don't know, let's say, three o'clock in the morning. And right after we land, get a phone call saying that 10 hours later, we were supposed to take off. So we'd been flying night flights for like three days in a row, landing at three in the morning, getting up at five in the afternoon, and taking off again at, I don't know, eight o'clock at night. But then we get this random call saying that at 1pm, that same afternoon, we were supposed to fly and land at the time that we were normally taking off. So obviously a complete flip in less than 12 hours of a sleep cycle. It sucked. It really sucked. But you can do it. You can make your body do it. It is possible. And similarly, we would be flying, let's say, day flights a bunch of days in a row and then come back home and I'd immediately have to stand watch from 8 p.m to 8 a.m so for two weeks i've been sleeping normal nighttime, and then again in less than 24 hours i'm expected to be awake from 8 p.m to 8 a.m for the next week so we are our bodies are capable of a lot more than we sometimes give them credit for other people pointed out that uh these kids, I think he updates it. Oh, he said it. The kids are eight and nine. So they're not completely helpless. My nine and seven year old would be capable of getting food. You could easily just put snacks out and show them where the water is. Obviously they've babysat before. So they're familiar with their uncle's home and just say, Hey, I got to sleep. If it's an absolute emergency, wake me up. Otherwise watch a show I'm really sorry that things are going on, but these kids are old enough to take care of themselves. There is an update later on where he talks about how he didn't even bother asking his wife because his wife wanted was asleep because she had to leave early in the morning. I just. Obviously, this this guy is in the wrong. You, you people are trying to say their goodbyes. We're supposed to be able to rely on family. You can sacrifice a day of sleep. Your wife could take the kids to her family. Sure, they're not at that point, there's a pretty big separation between her family and his family's kids, but family is is family. And it, it hurts that this is unfortunately not uncommon today. We are a very selfish people. We put our needs before the needs of almost anyone. Community is collapsing. We often, how how many of you honestly spend regular time with your neighbors? Very few of us do. Uh, We live around a bunch of older people, but because of certain circumstances, we actually do spend quite a bit of time with them. Never thought I would, but I'm really glad that uh, certain things happened that now we know our neighbors and we live and we just got goats and we have chickens and there's animals all around us. And so we all kind of can bond over (laughs) small farms. Um, But we community community is collapsing and How can we expect to thrive as a country and as a society when we're not looking out for each other, especially when we're not looking out for our own families? We need to be able to rely on each other and we need to give of ourselves for other people. We need to be able to put aside our own needs so that other people can Go visit their possibly dying sister so they don't have to scramble. This is the first call that they made was to a brother that they assumed would just say yes, and it's just sad that again, nothing like was this guy wrong? Yes, absolutely, 100%. But this is how we are raising people, like he's 37, so he's my age uh an old millennial and it's my generation is really the generation that like we are significantly more selfish than the generation before us and the generation after us is even more selfish than us we were raised in a period where you didn't just when we were really young you would ride your bike, walk around the street and stuff. But as we were getting older, like it's, oh, I'll drive you to your friend's house, even though it's only half a mile away. And uh, we can't trust the ice cream man because who knows why. And we really started closing in as a society. So, yes, unfortunately, you're wrong. You should have watched your niece and nephew. You shouldn't have even questioned it. You shouldn't have snapped back at your sister. And let this be a lesson to all of us. Like we look for opportunities to help people. Look for opportunities to help. Okay, next one. Title of this one. Am I the a-hole for blowing up at my mom when she said the reason I turned out so good is because she sent me to rehab for weed at 13? Whew. sounds about right for today uh so i'll and this is a 20 year old male admit i was a poopy tween i don't cuss so i'm gonna take a lot of these words and edit them so i was a poopy tween i got into a lot of fights with my parents my grades were poop and i was generally a jerk When I was 13, some friends and I shared a joint one of them had gotten from their sister. It had just been made legal in our state at the time. My parents found out and they went nuts. I would too. Now I got that weed. Now I get that weed isn't for 13 year olds, but they took it way too far. I spent the next three months in an expensive rehab facility for troubled teens. I was by far the youngest and smallest. Excuse me. One second. Need a drink of coffee. Nope, tea. Uh, Where was I? I spent the next three months in an expensive rehab facility for troubled teens. I was by far the youngest and smallest. Most of these guys were 16 to 18, and they weren't in there for weed. Most of them did hard drugs and had mental issues on top of that. My roommate was a 17-year-old who was detoxing from meth and pills who also had unmedicated bipolar disorder. A few nights, he'd just stare at me and not sleep. We were in our rooms 18 hours a day. Everything else was meals or poopy arts and crafts. It was hell, but it worked. I was too terrified to have friends, much less do drugs. I wanted to go no contact with my family at 18, but my therapist encouraged me to repair our relationship. We have a rocky one, which is why I moved out, but we've been working on healing and it's been cordial. I was over there for Easter with my whole family and my mom congratulated me. She said she was so thankful she had me sent to get help as a kid. Otherwise I'd just be some junkie, but now I'm a perfectly functioning member of society. I lost it. I called her several things, including a really bad C word and left. My sister, 18 female, said that while she agrees, I'm just hurting myself by holding on to so much anger over what happened. Okay, so the OP wants to clarify that they want to know if they're the a-hole for blowing up their mom, and uh, I might be holding on to too much hate. So a lot of these uh, comments, I I disagree with them. Oh man, that stool is probably really annoying. I'm sorry, this episode is terrible. Deal with it. We're learning. We're learning together. Anyway most of these comments I disagree with. A lot of people say not the a-hole. And basically use the excuse of you were traumatized by your experience. This has clear clearly been building up for some time. You may not have reacted in the best way, but what you did was way too extreme for a single joint. Keep up with the therapy. Maybe no contact for a while will be good for you. Other people talk about, let's see if I could find one. Maybe you should get a new therapist because he needs a new therapist now. The current one is valuing family over OP, and that's awful. Okay, so let's talk about this. This person even admitted, now I get that weed isn't for 13 year olds. Admitted weed isn't for 13 year olds. They go on to say that I was too terrified to have friends, much less do drugs. So it worked. I mean, heck, they said, but it worked. So, this person never did drugs again. I, I'm going to, no one is right in this situation. I believe was it overkill to send a 13 year old to a rehab facility with mostly older kids in for hard drugs? Maybe it, it depends. It depends on a lot. Obviously we don't know anything, really anything other than this kid tried weed. Now he hates his parents and he has no friends, I guess. Um, And that his sister agrees with him. We don't know what else is going on in this household. We don't know what the relationships are like. We don't know anything. So it's really hard to make a solid judgment about who is wrong and who is right. So instead, let's just say this. If my kid did weed at 13, I would probably overreact i'm saying that with air quotes i they would lose well my 13 year olds aren't going to have phones or their own computers or anything anyway but if they did they would lose that they would lose the ability to do anything with friends for a very long time we would go seek out counseling to discover why like what led to my son or daughter trying to weed at 13 I'd go to counseling to figure out why how I failed as a parent and didn't know that the friends my son or daughter had would be at 13 again 13 be able to get their hands on drugs so and even if it's legal obviously a 13 year old in Colorado can't go to a store and buy pot like that it's it's not legal for 13 year olds to smoke weed so, I would maybe overreact too. Now, the son, I mean, he clearly sees that it was a good thing for him. And at this point, he's 20 years old. Is he holding on to a bunch of crap? Yeah. Is it maybe going to take therapy? Yeah. Is there probably more stuff going on than he shared? I would venture, yes. He is now old enough that he needs to start taking responsibility for his part in everything and for how he responds to it. And I don't believe his therapist is wrong for prioritizing family. Uh, What is, what quality of life does someone have if they go without family? Now, I'm not advocating for him rolling over and accepting like any mistreatment he might be getting or not saying his piece, not being heard. Like, I don't want any of that to happen. He needs to be heard if he's hurting. And it's because of his partly like if his parents did things that led to him being hurt, he needs to express that to them. He, They need to know it. But he at this point can choose to forgive them and choose to have a relationship with his parents. And ultimately when his parents are however old and he's, you know, 50 and they're 70, I don't know how old they were when they had him, but he'll be glad that he made the effort to fix that relationship. Most people, when their parent or parents or they are dying, who have spent decades not talking to their family. Most of them aren't happy about that. Most of them regret it because we want that relationships with family. We want that love that comes from family. He also seems to only be looking at it from his point of view. I mean, he, he kind of alludes to trying to see it from their point of view. Um, and it very much seems like they're only looking at it from their point of view, but I mean, this is the poster is the one that we can reply to. The, the parents didn't put all this out on the Internet. So if if the person who posted this were to hear anything I had to say, like I can only advise him and my advice would be don't give up on your parents. Speak what you want to speak to them. Do everything in your power to heal that relationship, because in the long run, that will be way, way better for you than sacrificing that relationship and start being an adult. And I know that's tough to hear because we're, Oh, we're supposed to be soft on people and we're supposed to give them the benefit of the doubt. And we're supposed to, you know, affirm everyone's feelings and tell them that it's okay, but he needs to grow up. He needs to be an adult and he needs to realize that he no longer has to be affected by it. And he no longer Needs to hold it against his parents, um, and you should never, you should never be rude to your parents. Because again, this this relates back to the last one. If this is the way this gentleman talks to his family, this is his attitude towards most of society. He he is putting his needs before the needs of others. If we all put others' needs before our own needs we would all be taken care of. It goes against our sinful, selfish human nature. We, and heck, it goes against, you can say it goes against American values of you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. Uh, but the, the happiest, most successful people who are also happy in life one of the things they have in common is sacrifice. They put the needs of others first. And if you're constantly putting the needs of others first, that will come about, come back around to you, especially if you're surrounding yourself with people like yourself. So, OP, forgive your parents, but have some empathy, try to see it through their point of view. If they don't want to meet you in the middle, that's fine. You can still choose to be a bigger person and have that relationship with them because it will pay off in the long run. Okay. So that's it. This was one of the longest episodes we've had. And I kind of like it. I don't know. If you're watching, if you're listening, leave me a comment, send me a message. Let me know what you think. We will keep doing this a few times a week. And we'll just see how it goes. The show's going to evolve and change over time as my, as we move in through different places and times that made no sense, but let's just assume you all knew what I was talking about. So you know what, with that, that's all I want to say. Thank you for joining me today. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. And if you want to hit a couple more buttons, hit the subscribe and the bell so you get notified. And it would also teach the algorithms how everyone else, you know, who, who wants to watch the show to help us reach a bigger audience. If you're listening to the podcast, take a moment to do one of the following, follow or subscribe wherever you at, you're at rate and review the podcast so that people, um, again, so the algorithms know who wants to, to listen and watch. Um, thanks again for joining me and we'll see you next time on sanity.